have it all kind of backwards. They think, well, let me put out this modern day flyer of an ad and tell people to come and buy. But in reality, that's not going to work. And if you're one of those who have tried ads and lost money or think it sucks, that's probably the route that you took where you put a sales promotion in front of a cold audience, someone who doesn't know you, and you didn't see results and you were like, this makes no sense. Hi, Offscripters. It's your host, Sewa Ajay Pili, and welcome to episode 75 of the She's Offscript podcast. This is a show where we hear and learn from women who've created unique blueprints for success. My hope is that you'll hear their stories and translate their gems into a unique path for yourself. In today's episode, we meet Laurel Lane. After seven years of working with the likes of Viacom, NBC, and the CW to sell television ad campaigns, Laurel decided to take the leap and go out on her own. She now uses corporate strategies to help online entrepreneurs launch Facebook ad campaigns that have created million dollar brands. She started off making this in her kitchen and now it's going crazy. So she used ads to sell her product online and now she's at $150,000 per month in revenue. And she was only spending about 10 or $15,000 a month in ads. Now keep in mind, she started running her ads in January just a few months ago. And we only started with five or $10 a day until we saw who was actually buying and then scaled up based on those audiences. She is on her way to being a millionaire. I mean, this year has been incredible for her even through this pandemic. During our conversation, Laurel shares common mistakes she sees business owners making. She also outlines how we can run higher converting ads that result in better quality leads. One of my favorite tips from Laurel is don't hit that boost button ever because it's only meant for reach, not results. If you're someone who has been disappointed by Facebook ads or Instagram ads in the past, this episode will have you ready to try again. Okay, so before we hear the rest of Laurel's episode, I would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes. This helps to spread the word about our podcast so amazing stories like Laurel's can continue to inspire women looking to launch their own off-script journeys. With that, let's go off-script with Facebook ads expert, Laurel Lane. Laurel Lane, welcome to She's Off-Script. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So for any of our listeners who haven't heard of you, could you share who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So like she said, my name is Laurel Lane and I am the founder of the Social Sales Lab, uh, which is an online training program for CEOs who want to learn how to grow sales using social media ads. So after seven years of selling TV ad campaigns at the likes of Univision, the CW, Viacom, Mm -hmm. what made you decide to take the leap into entrepreneurship? Well, it was very simple. I'd say I had two babies in two years and I had a very high demanding position in corporate. And I was always in sales from the beginning, even though my degree from college is in advertising. I had started off thinking, should I take the agency route and really go work for an advertising agency and you know be more on the creative side? Or should I take the sales route, work for a media company where I get to see 
you know, more of the production side and, and what that mm-hmm. like. What was your first company? What was the first company you landed at? Yeah. So the very first company I ever worked at was actually Viacom. So they uh, won VH1, MTV. Um, I worked mm-hmm. with a lot of the MTVs in the, in the Latin markets, BET, Nickelodeon. So I interned there in college and then a little after college as well, I worked there. Um, and it was really amazing. Like one of those dream jobs that you could imagine that they do it was on Lincoln road in Miami. And they are like riding scooters down the hallways. I mean, super like millennial, you know, and I'm like, this is amazing. I want to, this is definitely where I want to be, you know? <laughs> so, um, I started off there and then I actually took a, a paid position. Um, and I started in the sales side. So I worked in the sales team. And ever since then I was just, you know, from different media companies to the next. So I worked at NBC, the CW, um, and then Univision. And all I ever did was focus on the television department where I would help mm-hmm. sell TV commercial campaigns. Um, yeah. And it was so fun and, you know, it was great money, especially when I worked in New York, it was a really good career. It was just, it was demanding, you know, bad. I think demanding is good for a certain period in your life, but after your life gets a little bit more robust with family, with kids, with other interests, it's difficult to manage a demanding job. But, um, I really decided that I needed to make a change and I needed something that was, you know, where the ball was in my court. Like I could have control over my future without kind of being the slave to a nine to five, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I hear that very often, especially after women start to have kids and start to have other interests. Isn't there a way you could have made it work for yourself, as, especially as you got more and more senior in the, in the corporate space? Absolutely. Um, I think about that all the time. However, I knew from early on that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, I was really using corporate to gain some of those skills mm. uh, and really try to help me figure out what exactly I wanted to do in the meantime, you know, and get that, that real life, real world experience. Uh, but I'm sure, you know, if I had no desire to, you know, kind of take this leap, that I would still be working in corporate and, you know, maybe enjoying it. It just wasn't where I knew I wanted to be at the long run, you know? Right. So when did you first catch that entrepreneurial bug? Did you have a family of entrepreneurs that inspired you or what Mm, inspired that? No, I think I've always just been entrepreneurial. Like all throughout college, I would have different business ideas and start something here and there, always a side hustle. Um, And I was very intrigued by just entrepreneurs that were in my circle, not necessarily in my family, but, you know, in my friends, um, circles and mentors and things like that. So I know it's one thing to have skills from your corporate background, but how did you plan on monetizing those skills as an entrepreneur? It may not necessarily be one-to-one. Yeah, really, I didn't have... Although I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I didn't have a clue how I was going to do that. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what my first business model would be like or how I would go about living this you know, life of freedom. I just desired it so bad that then I said, well, what can I do using what I have already to make this happen? And it wasn't easy. You know, I went through a lot of shiny ball syndrome for years. I studied online marketers and I stood up late watching all sorts of webinars. And then I hired my first coach and she really helped me package up what it is that, you know, I wanted to do 
Someone recently asked me this and I'll, I'll ask you the same question. How mm-hmm. long did it take you to get profitable after you hired that coach? You know, my answer is probably going to vary because, you know, everyone has a different story. Mm-hmm. And at that point in my life, I was very, very driven and motivated even more so than I already usually am. Um, I had just had my first baby and I was expecting my next baby. And so I felt like I didn't have a choice. So for me, I'd say it was within six months. I was profitable from that first um, coaching you know, experience, but everyone is different. It could be sooner for some. It could be much, much later for others. Okay. So now your marquee program is a social sales lab. And how long did it take you to put that together? And what kind of outcomes have you seen come from having a program like that? Mm, Well, when I first started um, putting together my program, it wasn't what it is today. It was slightly different. Um, It wasn't so much... um, focused on ads as much as more social media marketing, lead generation, um, and, and, you know, just kind of these corporate skills that I had gained and I mm-hmm. thought I would help so many others with. Um, after about a year of running my first program at that time, it was called Sales on Fire. And it's so funny to hear that because it seems so old now, but it really wasn't that long ago. Um, about a year in, I said, let me survey everyone who's taken this course so far and see what they thought. And although they loved it, they were really excited about the very last module, which was really all intro to Facebook and Instagram ads. Mm. And from there, I said, you know, I think, I think there's a bigger market for this. I think I can help a lot more people if I were to kind of pivot and, and, you know, really build something all on my advertising experience. And so that's how social sales lab was born. And it's really only been, a year in February made a year since the the social sales lab is what it is today. And it's, it's been amazing. I love hearing about the pivots and the iterations that bring people to the point where they finally feel like I have put together a program that is valuable to the, to my audience. So what part did Facebook ads play in the growth of your current program? I'm curious, what kind of ads is the Facebook ads expert running for herself? (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's everything. Um, I don't know where to begin. So, you know, when I first started out, that's how I got my leads and sales from my very first program, Sales on Fire. I knew I had this skill set that I had been using in corporate that I'd been using even after I left corporate, there was a short time period that I was consulting um, these same corporations and I was running their and managing their Facebook ads. So I said, of course, I'm going to test it on my you know small new business. Mm-hmm. And I saw the crazy impact it had where I was getting these high quality leads almost instantly, you know, just from putting myself out there instead of, you know, just kind of being the behind the scenes and playing for other companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how I was getting all of my business to, to start off with. Even though my coach at that time was not a big advocate of advertising, she was more like start off organic and then you can, you can dabble in that. But because my experience and my, my background wasn't advertising, I felt confident enough to, you know, kind of take heed in that. And since the beginning, it's been the, the bulk of my, my, um, my sales revenue, you know, so now it really takes up, you know, about 90% of my sales come from, from advertising. Um, and I really wouldn't have it any other way. Cause it's, it's so amazing that it's a controlled factor. 
in my business. Mm, repeatable income in that way. Yes. Yes. Consistency and, and predictability. That's what it would kind of keeps everything sane for me in my world anyway. Well, it's good to hear that it's working for you, but I've heard from business owners who don't think Facebook ads are the way to go. They think it's either a waste of their money or too complicated. So what would you say to them? Why do you think it's important for business owners and personal brands to run these kinds of ads? Absolutely. Wow. Well, even though I hear this every day, to be honest with you, it's very, uh, still so shocking when I hear that. I'm like, it makes me cringe because I'm like, no, like you're leaving so much money on the table. But in reality, I always try to start with this, with the, this comparison, right? So what you are good at as a business owner is why you are uh, doing what you're doing, right? But mm-hmm. if I were to come into your business, I wouldn't necessarily grasp it in, you know, three days or three weeks, even three months, I would not call myself an expert. Now, would it be fair if I were to turn around and say, this business model doesn't work. It sucks. You know, no, I don't, no one can make money doing this. You'd say, no, you need to, you know, kind of roll your sleeves up, maybe get an expert to help you and really study and learn the business. And that's how I see Facebook ads. And I, I understand a lot of people may not get that because they just think, you know, it's another tool to use, but it takes, it takes practice. It takes expertise. And it's just what I've always done. Um, so it really makes a difference, but all that I'll say is that the proven, the proof is in the pudding, you know, like all these huge corporations, um, survive off of the revenue that they generate from Facebook and Instagram advertising. So something's got to work. I know we're not going to become experts just by listening to this podcast, but I really want to dive into a lot of the popular questions I get from people surrounding Facebook ads, and hopefully it can get people on their way to running their first campaign. Um, That might be ambitious, but let's go for it. (laughs) Um, So most people's first introduction to ads is boosting on Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I've heard you say that we should never boost our posts. Why is that? Yeah. So boosting is really a tool or a feature that, you know, Zuckerberg has allowed to uh, allow people to test almost like a trial run, you know, get a little teaser of what um, promoting a post would be like, but it's not the same as advertising because when you boost a post, it's literally doing that. It's taking your existing post Mm -hmm. and showing it to more people. And you're paying to do that. Um, when in reality, it doesn't have as many capabilities um, or targeting features that are possible when you use the business manager. And a lot of people surprisingly are just not aware of the Facebook business manager. Um, and that's where all of the corporations go to run their ads. It's just a, a separate platform or website that you go to set up your ads like a business mm. instead of like, uh, you know, um, a person, so to speak, that's just boosting their posts to see more people. Okay. So now that we know the importance of Facebook ads, where should we start? Okay. So the very first thing you want to do is go to business.facebook.com and register for a business ad account. A lot of people mix this up with having a business page. It is not the same. When you go in and you set up your ad account, you will connect your business page to your new ad account. That's where you need to go to get started. Once you get started, what is a good size budget for say a service provider who has high ticket offers? 
Yeah, good question. So once you register for the Facebook Business Manager, you'll set up your campaign based on the goals that you have. So it's really important to first outline what your end goal is. And everyone's end goal is obviously, you know, usually sales, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's what it should be anyway, if you're investing into paid traffic. So you have to work backwards. And if you have a high ticket service, you always think, well, what is the first step in someone coming to me to, you know, be interested in working with me? And that's going to be a lead. It's, it's the first valuable step in having someone come into your circle and request your service. Um, so I always say we want to optimize for conversions. That's the very first thing you want to do to generate a high quality lead, bring them into your funnel, whichever that, you know, that may look like for you. It could be a phone consultation. It could be a webinar, um, anything, you know, to open up that dialogue. And that's where you want to start to make sure that that lead that comes into your circle is of high quality. So you're not wasting your time. Mm, So many questions came out of just that one. So you (laughs) you had said optimize for conversion. What does it mean to optimize for conversion? Okay. So when you set up that business account, it's not as simple as boosting where it will just pretty much ask you, where do you want these people to be that you want to target? And what keywords do you want to target? Mm-hmm. It's, it's much more in depth and it starts off with an objective and you have so many options, which people get stumped on as soon as they go in there. But I always say at least 90% of the time we want to choose conversions because conversions to Facebook means go out and find someone who will click on my ad and leave Facebook to take an action elsewhere, which is usually your website. Mm -hmm. And if you don't optimize for conversions, they won't find the right person who will take that action. They will really focus on people who will consume some sort of media while staying on the Facebook and Instagram platform. Got it. Got it. And then you mentioned another term that not everyone might be familiar with. What is a funnel? And how should we set one up? Yes, yes. This is a huge hot topic inside of my social sales app program because, you know, it's the foundation of of every business workflow. Um, Every business should have their process of how they generate a cold or or brand new, you know, stranger into a paying customer or client. And that process is a a funnel. In reality, people think that this, you know, term is only related to these complex tools like, uh, you know, click button or whatever else they have out there. And I simply am referring to the workflow of what it looks like to bring a stranger into a customer. And if you have that mapped out nice and clear, then you, you have that nice solid foundation to how you plan on getting new customers, but applying that to the online space. Okay. And now this is the third offshoot question I had is you mentioned that this is an investment. So what kind of return on that investment should we expect or aim for when we spend money on ads? Yeah. So this is like probably the number one question I get. And I say a few things to that. First, you want to consider what you are charging as a business owner. You know, um, you have to be considerate of that if you're paying you know, for ads, you want to make sure that that return is, is in, in near sight. Mm -hmm. So I always say, at least when I train my CEOs, we want to aim for at least a three to one return. Mm -hmm. Now, every business model is different. If you're charging $50 for an offer, um, you know, keep in mind that 
once things are calibrated and you've got your ads going and things are looking good, you should expect to receive at least a three to one, meaning, you know, for every dollar you put in, you'll get $3 back. Um, but it depends if you are charging $5,000 for maybe a high ticket offer, you know, it may take a little bit more to get that, that client just because of the sales cycle, you know? So Mm -hmm. think about it. How long will someone need to consider many options um, or how long will they need to be in your funnel before they make that decision to spend or invest $5,000. And that length of time may mean that you'll be spending a little more than someone who's, you know, obviously selling something for $50 or $150. Mm. So when we go to create our funnel and Mm -hmm. ultimately use that at at the top of our funnel, how do we create an ad that converts and converts consistently. I also wonder what the top reasons are that most of those ads don't convert. Yeah. So my mission, which I'm so glad to be on here is to expose people to almost this like truth behind the ads, right? Mm. So people have it all kind of backwards. They think, well, let me put out this modern day flyer of an ad and tell people to come and buy. But in reality, that's not going to work. And if you're one of those who have tried ads and lost money or think it sucks, that's probably the route that you took where you put a sales promotion in front of a cold audience, someone who doesn't know you, and you didn't see results and you were like, this makes no sense. But you always have to consider the consumer side. So, you know, when you go to the mall, for example, right? Um, what if, you know, you're going to the mall, you're going to go shopping. Are you typically going to get something from those like new kiosks in the center? Mm-hmm. You know, do you typically buy something from those who are waving you down and saying, Hey, like come buy this. Or are you going to a known brand that you're familiar with that you have grown to know, like, and trust, and you're going to spend money with them because you, you already have some sort of background on them. So that's how you should consider your ads. Um, and when I say funnel, most people do think that it's setting up these, you know, like click funnels and landing pages and all that. I'm referring to the sequence or the order of an ad that you would put in front of someone. And you don't want to put a salesy, aggressive promotional offer in front of someone who has never met you because more than likely it won't convert. Mm-hmm. What is that sequence we should be aiming for? Yeah. So the very first ad, I always say, really just get them to be exposed to your brand. So think of it like a soft launch or like a grand opening of your store, you know, letting them know that you're open, that this is what you do. This is what you offer. This is who you are and triggering their pain points so that they can be captivated by your ad. And once they are inside of your circle, meaning they've clicked on the ad or they've engaged with the ad, then it's over because you can now begin to get back in front of them as many times as you want with other messages. Mm. But if you come out with that end message first, which is, you know, 50% off free shipping buy now or hurry doors are closing, right? It's not going to resonate because they don't know enough about you. Got it. Got it. How long would you say should we run ads from the first introductory type of ad to the sale ad? How long does that take? It really is such a dynamic question, right? Because I say you can begin to show them the next ad 
almost instantly. Um, it's not a, about a time frame. It's about ensuring that you're just reaching as many people with that introductory ad first mm -hmm. so that they are exposed to your business before they see the next ad. So it's not really about a time frame, but about making sure that no one see, sees that promotional offer right away, unless you're offering something for free, you know, that's, that's always a good thing to, you know, ex value exchange. Um, but just making sure that you first hit all of those people with the introductory ad, then retarget them to see that next ad. Ooh, Does that make sense? Yes. So you just hit on another keyword that I'm hearing a lot. What does it mean to retarget somebody? Oh my goodness. Retargeting is so critical. It's so lucrative, mm -hmm. right? So retargeting essentially means to remarket, to get back in front of people who have originally seen your ad before or have been in your circle of some kind. So it's the, this is such an traditional, I don't want to say old school, but this is such a traditional form of marketing. I mean, in television, it's done, um, in a different format, obviously, but also, I mean, from the end of time, the beginning of time, like think about whenever you would put something in your car on eBay or even still to this day on Amazon, and then you leave and you go to some other website and you see that ad of, Hey, you left this in your car. It's the same concept. And you have the ability to do that on Facebook and Instagram and mm. so many don't even know that you can do that. You just start to feel like Zuckerberg is stalking you around the internet because you're just like, wait yeah. a minute, I clicked on this two days ago. All of a sudden I'm seeing it every single where. Exactly. Exactly. And if you were to, to use that, you know, to who's ever listening, if you're a business owner and you were to use that in your marketing, think about how much time that would save you from having to manually follow up with people or, you know, get your leads organized or anyone who's added to cart. Now they're no longer lost. You can actually convert those people and capture those sales that almost made it, but didn't without having to physically or manually be there doing it yourself. So now I have to ask you like a conspiracy theory based question. <laughs> so is there retargeting that's based on social listening or actual um, listening that's taking place <laughs> on like Alexa or Google Home? But, because I hear this all the time. Like I was just talking about this and all of a sudden I'm seeing ads. Have you heard of anything like that? Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I can tell you right now that I am not, uh, you know, I don't work for Facebook, so I don't know, you know, the, the ins and outs of that, but I do know that the capabilities that they have range far beyond Facebook. Um, so really what that means is they are interconnected with so many other websites such as Google, um, and their search engines. So you know, if you've Googled something before, um, you know, it is a possibility that, you know, your interest fell into one of those buckets as well because of your online behavior patterns. But I'm not sure about the connection with Alexa at this moment. I just, I don't know. I don't want to speak on that. <laughs> I mean, it happens to me too. So I always chalk it up to, you know, I've been Googling this, I've been, you know, researching this and look now, you know, it knows that I'm, I'm searching for this. <laughs> I had to ask. So for anyone listening who has been doing everything you're talking about, what is that next level advertising strategy that you have been recommending and that you've seen really pay off for your clients? 
Yeah, well, I'd say retargeting is one of those huge ones. Um, retargeting and just testing. Like it never, I, I could test all day, every day, and always come up with new audiences that, um, you know, decide to, to either join my program or consume my content that I would have never thought of myself. Mm. So it's really important to make sure you're constantly testing new audiences and not giving up because there's billions of people out there. And it's not always about who you think are your consumers. It, it can surprise you every day. So you bring up an important point that audiences that we target can change and evolve over time. But as a new entrepreneur, how do you figure out the right type of audience? Because when you go on to the ads manager dashboard, it lets you configure the types of people you want to target. How do you do that when you're first starting out? That's a great question. So I would say it's about two things. Let's say you're just starting out a brand new business and you are just going with what you think will work. I would say really take a look at that product or offer research and dig down to who the pain, what the pain point is and who that person is. And if you can identify that clear, you know, almost customer or client avatar, then you can find them on social media. Mm. So it's really important to not, you know, allow, uh, or not allow Facebook to dictate your business. You should already know who your avatar is, who your client or customer should be and leverage Facebook and Instagram's audiences and their database to get in front of them and sell to these people, not the other way around. And that's where a lot of people become scorned because they're like, they should be telling me who my people are, you know, and I see that a lot. And unfortunately, that's not the case. You're using this marketplace to expose your business to more people, but you have to be clear on your offer and on your audience before you even tap into Facebook and Instagram. Oh, so true. You can't be for everyone because there's yes. almost 7 billion people in the world right now. So right. when you go on Zuckerberg's database, he has everyone on there. You have right. to be specific. Yeah. Or else you may lose some money trying to figure that out and testing, you know, testing is, is, is going to happen. It's inevitable. It needs to happen, but you still should come in with a solid ground of this is who my offer is for. This is who would need or like what I'm selling. And this is who I'm coming in to find. Not like, can you, you know, tell me who my business could sell to, like, mm -hmm. you know, that's totally backwards. Yeah. Would you happen to have any parting advice for entrepreneurs who are looking to scale their businesses using ads? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's what I specialize in. So I'd say as long as you have an offer that's valid, as long as you, meaning that it's sold before, or it's a, you know, it's an offer that, um, that, you know, can really help someone or, you know, that it sells somewhere else, then I would say, make sure that you're leveraging Facebook and Instagram ads to monetize all of your audiences, meaning that you should be getting back in front of people who engage with your social media profiles, your videos, your ad, uh, not your ads, your website, um, and even your lists. You can upload client lists that you've already served and get back in front of them or create new audiences using these lists. And if you have been running a business for quite some time and you haven't used ads, just know that it's the perfect way to amplify what you're already doing. Yeah. And really have it take off completely. 
Now I want to give you a chance just to brag on your social sales lab because I've seen some receipts. What are some of the best results you've seen coming out of both the service and product-based client camps? Oh my goodness. So many amazing business owners have gotten just phenomenal results from training on ads and implementing these strategies into their businesses. So one of my favorite and most recent ones are, um, I'll list them out. So there's a woman named Shakia and she owns a salon in Virginia. And she also has this product that she's made herself. She started off making this in her kitchen and now it's going crazy. I mean, so she used ads to sell her product online, more of it because she was only selling it to her clients in her salon. And now she's at, I believe last I heard from her a couple weeks ago, she was at $150,000 per month in revenue. And she was only spending about 10 or $15,000 a month in ads. Now hmm. keep in mind, she started running her ads in January just a few months ago. And we only started with five or $10 a day until we, we saw who was actually buying and then scaled up based on those audiences. So she is on her way to being a millionaire. I mean, this year has been incredible for her even through this pandemic. Um, but there's others as well. There's another young lady that's at about $140,000 for the month and she sells a beauty product. Um, I won't disclose her business. Uh, there's another service provider who's at $80,000 a month. Uh, it's just amazing. People come in and they, they hit the ground running. Running, they do the work. And, you know, we have a lot of coaches too that come in with new, new courses that they've created and they just want to get it sold quickly, you know, get, get seats filled and they come in and they set up their funnel and they're up four or five or even 15,000 in the first month. Ooh. So now for anyone who is itching to get into your social sales lab, how can they connect with you after they hear this episode? Yeah. So they can always email me hello at laurellane.com or I'm very active on Instagram as well at laurellane. Feel free to shoot me a DM. Um, I have different ways that they can consume, you know, um, content and learn more before taking that leap and, and making that decision. We can, um, have them watch my free masterclass that I run each week, or they can even apply for a free strategy call with me. Meaning we get on the phone for about 30 minutes and I, you know, discuss their business with them and see if it, it would be a good fit for them to join. Ooh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing what else comes out of this space because ads are it. If you want to scale and amplify your business, you need to connect with someone like Laurel. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Well, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Hi, Offscripters. I'm so glad you made it to the end of this episode. If you enjoy listening to our show, please pay it forward by sharing us with your network. Between episodes, you can find me on Instagram. Our handle is at She's Offscript, or you can catch up on past episodes at She's Offscript.com. See you on the next one.